think uh, we, have, we have code names. Oh, is it like Urban Exploration code yeah, names? Yeah, so okay. he's Ghost, I'm Echo Delta, and you're <laughs> Jenkins. Jenkins, Jenkins. No. that's a good name. <laughs> uh, what are you here to talk about today? Uh, we're here to talk about um, urban exploring in Hong Kong. We are HK Urbex. Okay, a uh, quick overview. Like urban exploration is, is a term that a lot of people I'm sure are not familiar with. So could you just describe what that is? Uh, urbex, as it's known, has, is, is, is the buzzword for what's known as uh, urban exploring. And it's become quite a fad around uh, the world these days, uh, which involves going into abandoned sites, going into old sites, old buildings, and just seeing the characters of these spaces that have been left abandoned for, for many years and seeing the dust and decay and um, all the grind that, that's in the buildings. We, we, we find that quite beautiful. And you also do some documentation of it as well, right? Yeah, well, a big part of Urbex is the photography aspect of it. A lot of us do do photography on a hobby basis. Um, I also do video work as well. So the reason why we documented so much is to bring it to the greater attention for Hong Kong and for other people around the world to see what's in Hong Kong as well. So uh, yeah, we usually do put quite an effort into it. It's, it really, it's a, it's a big role of what we do. I might also add that um, the, uh, many of these sites that we document are actually gone now. They're, they're demolished. And so in a way, we're kind of immortalizing these sites and, you know, uh, bringing them new life, you know, because it's quite sad to see a building gone two weeks later after you've just been into it and that that building has no history re recorded history so we are kind of historians if you like <laughs> okay i understand that it's not just a hong kong thing uh, urban exploration is around the world right yeah well I, I i believe urbex probably started in the u.s probably and that's where it really propagated and certainly um in the uk it's very popular europe is and even japan has their own brand of urbex and they call it haikyo in asia don't really. We, when we first started over a year ago, we really didn't see much from, like, say, China or Malaysia or anything. What we found great about doing urbex in Hong Kong is, as you know, Hong Kong is a very small city. The proximity to everything is quite close. Transport is good, so it's actually quite easy to just say, "Oh, we want to go urbexing new territories. We can get there like within one hour." Yeah. This, if we can find it, of course. I, I think, um, yeah, so it, yeah, it started in the West and now it's, I believe it's slowly building up interest in Asia. How and why did you guys get started then? Well, I can say my personal story. My my kind of first official urbex, this was before we started our group, was to an old TV station, um, your ex-neighbor's ATV, in fact, when they were still in Saikong. That was for a long time like uh, a place famous for graffiti artists, for people who play war games and, as an airsoft. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go there with a bunch of friends and just kind of explore it. And that was the really first time that I experienced like this grandiose kind of empty building, just kind of scurrying around and taking pictures. And then, um, so I just kind of like went came together with Ghost, um, mm -hmm. just to say, oh, why don't we do this on a regular basis? And and then we kind of explored some places together, including ATV again, and just decided to establish uh, a group to do it officially and to have a sort of brand yeah. behind it. Also, we found there was a whole wealth of, of spaces uh, abandoned in Hong Kong in, in this city, which is like but seven million. Basically, it's it's overpopulated in Hong Kong, but you would be surprised at the amount of abandoned buildings that there are. I think to expand on what Ghost was saying before as well, I think the, the unique thing about Hong Kong with the way that certain types of um, locations works for exploration is that it's quite dynamic in, in that 
Hong Kong is almost like this perpetual state of SimCity. So everything is always being built and everything's always being demolished. So like I was saying earlier, sometimes the places that we'll go and look at or the places that are you know there of interest for this type of, of exploration just won't exist after a certain amount of time. Okay. Not disappear. You think it's quite easy to find uh, new things to do, uh, new places to explore in Hong Kong? Oh, definitely. I think yeah. Hong Kong compared to, I mean, uh, just to expand upon also what Echo Delta was saying earlier, urbexing in East Asian locations, I think Hong Kong is unique simply because it's literally that mishmash between all the new. So there's all this old colonial architecture, but at the same time, there's all this kind of like stuff that bridges the gap. A lot of the local types of buildings as well, abandoned TV places, abandoned theme parks, mm-hmm. some mansions and stuff as well. Even stuff up near mid-levels that looks like it's right out of Resident Evil, that kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, I understand there's also some rules about urbexing, just as far as the worldwide community does. Take nothing but photographs. Um, what are what are some of the other models? Leave uh, nothing but footprints. Leave nothing but footprints. Yeah, and and we definitely ad- adhere to that because there was one point where an, another member of our group actually took something from an urbex site. It was a candle, and when they got home, um, they felt there was a force in their room. They were really scared, and you know, you you, you don't mess with these kind of things. There's this. You know, a building's been left for 20 years. There's there's obviously some reason why that building's been left alone. And it was haunted, basically. And, yeah. So we, we, we've decided now never take anything from any sites that we go to. We, we completely yeah. untouch them. The photos that we take are just uh, unadulterated, unmoved, just straight up what, what the sites that we see we document. Yeah. You do videos as well? Yeah, we do videos too because that's uh, one of my specialties as well. So videos is um, even... With other urbex sites around the world, it's it's quite rare because it does take a lot of effort to produce like a video than just a photo. So we have you know uh, a nice selection of cameras to use. We have aerial drones as well, which we do surveying for. Uh, you know, plenty of sports cameras like GoPro, GoPro. and other stuff as well. Uh, well. Well, GoPro camera is quite the mainstay. This kind of thing because you just wear it, and then people can view our video from like a first person perspective. So it's very unique. Do you have any memorable moments that you'd like to share, like of your past experience? For me, I'd like to state about this one, which was also quite spooky. It was um, I was at an abandoned TV film studios, actually not not t- film studios. Um, basically, I was in a screening room, and it was pitch black. You couldn't see your fingers in front of you, and we heard some footsteps outside. So we said, "Turn off all the lights. Don't document. Don't move." So we stayed still. Suddenly, the whole building came alive. It started shaking. There was those. Uh, doors rustling there was grass going the, the windows were shaking and we thought someone was coming down the corridor it turned out there was a flash typhoon from nowhere it had been dry one hour before and suddenly the whole building just came alive with, with all this wind and, and you know it, it was just a really spooky moment but, but it was nature messing with us <laughs> yeah Other. Um, yeah for my one it would be the psychiatric hospital that we went to that already conjures up a lot of like scary images and it was really that scary because it was just us two at least like I thought it was just us two there it was just the dead air in the place the it was very no there was no vibe I think that was my problem it was just it was just like as if you can imagine like you see all these um, like these chairs with um, that I presume like Restraint. people have restraints yeah. in them and some of these plastic helmets and kids toys there was like a kids there was a pediatric division within the hospital so it was quite scary just walking in there with children's paintings all over the wall, but you see these like things scattered all over the, the straight floor, straight jackets and like medicine packets and all that. So that for me was a bit daunting as well. And it was a really huge facility as well, so you never know what's around the corner, I guess. Um, yeah, and I think for me it was um, about a year ago we went down into an abandoned mine 
I think we went down, what, two two subterranean levels, and then it turned out there was another seven beneath that. So we spent 90 minutes in total going down, having a look, um, and then coming back up. But just looking at how strange um, some of the environments were, because I've never really seen anything like this before. It was almost like being inside an actual video game. So going down there, and then do you remember the pool? There was like a clear water pool, and then it turns out, because it looked like glass, but if you look down there, it looked like it went down another 100 feet or something like this. But th- yeah, that was really cool. Uh, not so much haunted vibe or anything like that, but it definitely felt like one of those Descent Cave movies, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it sounds like you're finding really interesting places to visit. How do you hear about these things? Is it word of mouth, or you actually read up on history and find these places? I think yeah. I think of both of what you said, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth, historical documents, websites. Lots of research. Mm-hmm. Uh, even some people on our Facebook page who just kind of shoot us locations and... Tell, telling us about it. Um, what else? It's other urban explorers, I guess. We collaborate with them. Okay, cool. So for the people that you know won't, won't want to get off their backside, and you also upload videos and pictures to stuff, where can people find those? Yeah? Um, <clears throat> sorry, you can find those on the HK Urbex Facebook page, but there's also a Vimeo and YouTube channel. The oh, Facebook page is uh, fb.com uh, slash hkurbex h-k-u-r-b-e-x mm-hmm. and that will link you to our YouTube page as well which has a custom URL. <laughs> We're also on Instagram I think, right? Yeah. HK, mm-hmm. Just hkurbex again. Yeah, our email is hkurbex at gmail.com as well. Well yeah, I mean our Facebook page is the really the best place to start all our material, all our content okay. is linked via that page. All right, cool. Well, thank you very much for coming, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thomas. Cool.